Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 13, starting at verse 6, you will find these words. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. Today, saints of God, I just want to talk to you from the thought God's expectation. God's expectation. In the gospel according to Luke, chapter 13, Jesus is starting a series of teachings around the grace of God. One of the things that we see even in the passage that I read in your hearing is that God is a gracious God, he's a merciful God, but he's also a just God. And it's this idea of justness that gives the sinner man real trouble. Because if God did not punish sin, then he wouldn't be just. God cannot be capricious, he cannot be fickle. And one day he's winking at sin and the next day he's not. No, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God says in the book of Malachi, I am the Lord and I change not. So it is this idea of justness as well as this idea of mercy and grace that we find in the text. We find that God has an expectation, amen, for his vineyard. When we look at the text, let us point out a few characters or a few of the major players in the text. Amen. In the text, it says that there was a certain man that had a fig tree planted. This is the owner of the vineyard. And in this particular parable, that owner is God the Father. But then if you notice in the text, there is also a keeper of the vineyard's owner. So the owner is God the Father and the keeper is God the Son. And so the interesting tension in this text 
is that there's a tree in the midst of the vineyard that should be bearing fruit, but it's not. This tree represents the nation of Israel and its leadership, but can also by extension refer to you and I as believers. There is an expectation that God has for every baptized born again believer and that it is that we bear fruit. If you look at the text, he says a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit upon it and found none. The first thing that we must understand about God is God expects something of you and I. God expects us to bear fruit. And God is not in some faraway place where he cannot be heard from, he cannot be seen through our spirit, and he cannot touch us because we are his. God comes to us seeking to find out whether or not we are bearing fruit. And God is looking for fruit-bearing folk in his vineyard on a regular basis. God is not sitting somewhere hoping and wishing, but he is coming and he's coming with observation, amen, to make sure things are in order. In our text, what we find is that this certain man had a fig tree in his vineyard and when he came seeking, he found no fruit on it. This is the sad uh, state of affairs, amen, for some who come into the church but never let the church inside of them. There are some who come to church week after week and they look like they are fruit trees but they bear no fruit. Well, preacher, what do you mean by fruit? Uh, well, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and kindness toward one another. But there are some that come that are selfish and conceited, amen, and arrogant and, and prideful, but they come to the church. But the church has never been inside of them. And it is this crew that the master is pointing out in this text. Because he has a vineyard, and this is not the only tree in his vineyard, but this is the tree of emphasis. Because those trees that are bearing fruit, amen, then he can easily come up to them and see what is going on and move on. It is the troublesome and the bothersome trees that God has to spend more time with. Amen. Because he does not desire that anyone does not bear fruit. But he is not just a merciful God, he is also a just God. So we find in the text that God's justice has been postponed, if you will, for a little while. Look at the text. The keeper of the vineyard says to the master, if you will, to the owner of the vineyard, he says to the keeper of his vineyard, he says, look, the master says, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. 
Why does it use up the ground? We see a attribute of God, and that is God is a just God. God is saying that this fig tree has had three years to bear. That is well enough time for a fig tree to start bearing fruit. And the master says, every time I come, year after year, it's still not bearing any fruit. And the Lord is saying to the Old Testament Israel, the New Testament Israel, and the contemporary church, he says, some I am coming year after year to see whether or not you're bearing fruit, but I am finding none. But when this we see the long-suffering of God, because God could in the first or second year have said, cut it down. But the master says, I've come three years. It's almost as I could say, I've come one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. But you're still not bearing fruit. So then the Father seems to get a little angry now. He seems to have lost his patience with the tree. And he says to the keeper of the vineyard, he says, cut it down. He says, all this tree is doing is using up the ground. We can get this tree out of here and get another tree in its place and get some fruit going on. We can get some fruit bearing going on and we can cast this tree out. But then we see the mercy of God once again through the vineyard keeper whom we say is also the son. We see the mercy of God through the vineyard keeper, Jesus Christ. When he says to the master or God the father, he says, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. I want you to know today that God's mercy and God's grace extends through his darling son, Jesus Christ. The realities of the problems that the master of the vineyard is seeing is a result of sin. It is a result of the fall of man when Adam and Eve disobeyed the word of God and sin entered the world. That's when trees stop bearing fruit because sin had entered the world. But we see God's mercy and we see God's grace that he doesn't want one tree to perish. By extension, he doesn't want one individual to perish. But he's gonna do everything he can to make sure that you bear fruit. So in the midst of this all, we see why Jesus Christ had to come. He had to come to a sin-sick world that had no way of treating itself in order to start bearing fruit. It needed some help. It needed some help that it could not find within itself. And we find it in this text that the keeper of the vineyard does some things to the tree to help it along the way. If you look in the text, he says to the master, he says, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. 
See, Jesus is saying to us, some of us are not bearing fruit because of the hardness of our hearts. Of the hard ground that was around the tree that was not allowing the tree to get the kind of nutrients in the word of God into their heart so that it could grow and bear fruit. Jesus has come to be a plow on that fallow ground. To be a plow to break up the stony hearts of men and to make them hearts of flesh so that they can receive the word of God. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that the whosoever's would believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so loved that he doesn't desire that anyone perish and that he has made ways and made preparation that whosoever will may come. Whosoever will, he wants to take those stony hearts and remove them and replace them with hearts of flesh. So he digs around it and he gets the weeds that choke us out, the worries of the world. He breaks up the fallow ground so that the roots can get proper oxygen and air and the nutrients can get to the tree because he doesn't want to see the tree destroyed. I'm here to let you know, no matter how bad you have become, no matter what you have done, God still has mercy for you. It does not matter that if you've had a long life of doing things that you're not happy with. God is still able to save you just where you are. And God wants to pick you up, turn you around, and place your feet on solid ground. That's the kind of God we serve. So we see in the text that he wants to dig around it and also to fertilize it. See, you must understand that within our own selves, we do not have the power to be what God wants us to be. We need an outside source. We need something that is a foreign entity getting into a domestic world. We need somebody to come in and to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So here is Jesus Christ bringing along the fertilizer. He's bringing along all of the word of God and everything necessary for this tree to begin to bear fruit. God is a fruit inspector. He's looking for folks who will allow him to come into their lives and to change them and to rearrange them and to feed them with the word of God that they be strengthened and edified and that they be directed and corrected. He wants to encourage and lead us to places we have no idea where God wants us to go. But in that, God wants us to be loving. He wants us to be a people who can love other folk and to see beyond their need and see beyond their faults and see their need. He wants us to be able to look past the, the brashness and look past the dirtiness of others and see that they need the same Jesus that we need. Amen. And so when we look at our text, we see that this benevolent God, this merciful God, is doing all he can through his son, Jesus Christ, to make a difference in everyone's life. He's not only digging around them and making sure they have the kind of soil to receive the word of God, but he's also feeding them as well. I want you to know, saints of God, as we go through the days of our lives, we are part of that fertilization process. We are part of those that God has left here on this earth to make a difference, to be change agents in our society. 
There are folk right now today that are wondering whether or not will this be their last day. There are folks who are contemplating whether or not they should take their lives today. There are folk contemplating whether or not they should take somebody else's life today. And so God has left us here to be those change agents in this world, to be able to reach out and to touch others, to make a difference in this world, to make it a better place, amen, until Jesus comes. To stove off some of the issues in this world and to bring men, women, boys and girls to the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we look at the text, we see though that deferment is not forever. We see that the Lord says to the master of the vineyard, he says that if it bears fruit, well. But if not, then after that you can cut it down. I want you to also know today that there is an urgency, amen, for doing the work of the master today. Because we must work the works of him that sent us while it is yet day. Because night is coming when no man can work. The Bible lets us know that we know not the day nor the hour in which Jesus is coming. He says, in the, that day the Son of Man cometh, that folks will be marrying and giving in marriage. Well. Folks will still be kidding and playing and doing coarse gesturing and lying and cheating. Folks will still be conniving and folks still will be stepping on other folk. Other people will be having big parties when the Son of Man comes. But the tension in this text is that when the Son of Man comes, it's going to be too late to get your business fixed. If the tree is not bearing fruit, then it'll be cut down because all it has done is used up the ground. So there is an urgency for the saints of God today to get out into the world, to tell women, boys and girls, men and anyone who will listen to what we have to say about the good news of Jesus Christ. Because we don't know when it'll all be over. We don't know when the skies will roll back like a scroll. We don't know when that trumpet will sound. We don't know when Jesus will come like a lightning flash. So we must get about the work right now. Paul the apostle uses another metaphor. He says that the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Paul says to us while the blinders are on the world and darkness is in the land, during that time, we've got to do the work of the master because the day is at hand. The day that he is talking about is the day that Jesus is coming back for his church. His church without spot or blemish. The first question we've got to ask inside the household of faith 
is will we be ready? And if we are ready, have we done all we can to reach those who are not? That making sure that the most thing and the most things that we can do aligns up with the Great Commission. That God said, go ye therefore into all the world, teaching them to observe all things he has commanded unto us. We need to baptize in the name of the Father. Need to baptize in the name of the Son. And we need to baptize in the name of the Holy Ghost. Three in one. Saints of God, do not become weary in well-doing, but have an urgency for the work of God. Because we don't know the day nor the hour when our lives will be required of us. But one thing is for sure, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. But along the way, make sure that your business is fixed with Jesus so that when to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When you leave this place, that you don't end up in a place of torment, but you end up in a place of bliss. But then there is a call for you and I to make sure that we're on the battlefield for the Lord. That we're fighting against the wiles of the devil. That we're putting on the whole armor of God so that we can deal with the issues of this life. Because we have an enemy whose name is Satan who has some very evil tricks. And we must put on the whole armor of God in order to deal with them. But saints of God, keep working the work, keep plowing the field, keep digging around trees that don't bear fruit. Maybe that tree is a wayward child. Maybe that tree is a lost cousin. Maybe that tree is a distant associate or co-worker. Keep on digging around those trees that God may get fruit from them. That in that great getting up morning that Sally and Sue, that Sam and Dan, that Mary and Martha might be caught up in the air that your friends and loved ones because you shared the gospel with them might also be saved know that this is a time of God's long suffering but one day he's going to have a reckoning so be urgent in your work because one of these days he is coming back it's not an if but it is a win and when he comes, he's coming for his church. And he wants his church to be with him. And when he comes, the Bible says, he's coming with the reward in his hand for all them that were diligent and loved on him. Will you be part of that number? Will you be counted in the faithful? That one of these days we're going to a place where there'll be no more sickness and be no more pain. No more mother.
muscular sclerosis, no more cancer, no more diabetes, no more aches and pains, no more blindness, no more COPD, no more this and no more that. It'll all be over. Why don't you know that you know that God is able to deliver you from all of your infirmities. And because he's been just that good, we ought to run the race that's been set before us. Because one of these days we got to cross the finish line and cross on over into glory. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Amen. Amen. At this time, the doors of the church are open. There may be somebody here today, amen, that knows in their heart that they are not in right relationship with God. Saying, preacher, I, I hear what you're saying, but he doesn't walk with me, and we don't talk together. I don't feel like he is my own. I, I need reassurance that my life is in his hands. Well, today I present to you Jesus Christ. And the Bible says if you confess your sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God says that if we confess our mouth with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. Somebody today may say, well, how do I know that my business is fixed with the Lord? Well, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, it says, these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life through Christ Jesus. But the part that you have to play is making the decision to give your life to Christ today. You don't know if you got another day, another hour, or another minute. But right now is the time to get your business fixed with Jesus. Jesus said, Here I am. Won't you please take my hand? And you said, I will tomorrow. Jesus said, I am he who supplies all your needs. But you said, I but tomorrow, tomorrow, who promised you tomorrow, better give your life today, for tomorrow may Amen. 